0: Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to up-level your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 57 of the Money Love Podcast. We are gonna be talking about sufficiency today, which. I honestly believe is one of the most important, yet the most challenging practices to master when it comes to financial management. When I was thinking about all that I wanted to say and all I wanted to share in this episode, I realized actually that this conversation and message is very similar to last week's message when we were talking about happy money. Similar, but different enough to warrant its own episode. And I plan these episodes out a couple weeks in advance. And when I was planning it, I didn't really realize how closely connected last week's episode is to this week's episode. But it almost felt meant to be in a way that I put these two back to back because I do feel like last week's message and this week's message flow so nicely into each other. It's almost like today's episode will be an extension to last week's message. So if you haven't listened to last week, Do that. You don't have to listen to that one before this one, but just listen to both of them. And I will say that this isn't the first time that we've talked about this topic, this topic of sufficiency. We have brushed the surface in other episodes and we've talked about it briefly, but I do want to take an entire episode to really dive into this idea of sufficiency and enoughness. In fact, I've already done an episode on the opposite of sufficiency, on scarcity, which is episode 12. The episode is titled Overcoming Scarcity, which is an amazing episode. If you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one as well. By the way, episode 12, Overcoming Scarcity, is actually one of the highest downloaded episodes of the podcast. So it's a great one to listen to if you're skipping around and you haven't listened to it, or if you just want to brush up. Go and listen to that one as well. It's a really good contrast to what we're going to be discussing today. But I will start out by explaining this that in the money space, scarcity has become a really hot and trendy word. Like you hear a lot, like, oh, don't be in scarcity with money. So many people are in scarcity with money. And on the flip side of that, though, if I were to ask you the question in your mind, what is the opposite of being in scarcity with money? What would be your answer to that? And I'll let you think about it for a second. The question is what is the opposite of being in scarcity with money? Now, I think that a lot of you in your head might have said, or out loud even, (laughs) but you might have said abundance. Being in abundance with money is the opposite of being in scarcity with money. Now, also, abundance is one of those terms that I used to love and use a lot. But the truth is that the more and more that I hear it, (laughs) the more and more that I kind of cringe when I do. Because I think that it's another one of those words that's become a very hot and trendy word, and people just throw it out there and they say it and they use it. But when they do, based off of how they talk about it, I can see that they're not really even clear on what it means and on what they're saying. So they'll say, oh, I want to be in abundance with money." And then it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? And more importantly, what does that look like when it's acted out in the management of your finances? And the answers that I see a lot are like, oh, well, abundance with money means that I just make a crap ton of it and I just spend it without a care in the world because I have so much of it and I never have to worry about it because, again, I have so much of it. The actual definition of the word abundance is a large quantity of something. That's the definition, a large quantity of something. But like I said, the more and more I hear this trendy word of abundance thrown around, the less I like it. And truthfully, the less it resonates with me because A, I believe that being in a healthy and a happy relationship with money has nothing to do with the quantity of it that you have I believe that it is available to all of us regardless of the size of your bank account or your net worth. But B, when we attach abundance to quantity, then of course that alienates and turns off a lot of people from striving for it because they think that because of their situations or their circumstances, abundance will not be in the cards for them because they believe that they will never be able to make a large quantity of money. So instead of abundance, instead of striving for this ideal of there just being massive quantities of money, an overflow of money, just so much of it that we don't even know what to do with it all. I like instead to be in a mindset of sufficiency. I also call this a place of enoughness, and I will use these two words interchangeably throughout this episode, but sufficiency and enoughness, being in that state of mind. Now, to give you the contrast in definitions again, okay, the definition of abundance is a large quantity of something. The definition of sufficiency, though, is an adequate amount of something that meets one's needs. I'm going to say that one more time. Abundance is a large quantity of something. Sufficiency is an adequate amount of something that meets one's needs. And I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just love the definition of sufficiency so much more. It feels so much better and aligned to me personally. What I've been seeing a lot lately is that so many people now are working to get into abundance with money. And again, the message gets construed into something that I don't think that it's supposed to be. And it becomes so focused on getting more, 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 more. It's constantly striving to get something that you don't have or that you don't already possess. And what I see a lot is that that ends up backfiring because it's ultimately the quest for this false sense of abundance that ironically ends up keeping us stuck in scarcity. Because you are so focused on getting more of something that you don't yet already have, it actually creates an environment where you're unhappy with your current state you become so unsatisfied with what you currently have and you buy into the lie that getting to some future state or future net worth is going to be the answer to happiness and fulfillment and it's not, it's not. So ironically, the hilarious part about this is that so many of us are trying to get into this place where we're abundant with money, but it's a false sense of abundance. It's this message that more is better But that is actually a message that, like I said, ironically, keeps us rooted in scarcity. This is what I was trying to convey last week in that people are looking for happiness and fulfillment and relief in all of the wrong places. They think that the solution lies in getting more, but the answer actually lies and is rooted in finding enoughness in what you already have. And that, at the root of it, is sufficiency. So I got an interesting comment the other day on one of my TikTok videos. And by the way, you guys, I'm a TikTok now. I shared this on my Instagram, but if you're a TikToker, go find me on TikTok. My handle on TikTok is actually the Impulse Buying Coach. I decided to go with something a little bit different instead of just my name. I have zero following on TikTok. I just created my account and started with zero followers. So I just picked a handle that would easily tell people what I do. So the Impulse Buying Coach is my handle on TikTok. But I've posted a couple videos, and one actually ended up gaining some traction and got quite a bit of comments. But in the video, I said who I was, and I said what I did. I said that I'm a spending coach and that my mission is to help women spend intentionally versus impulsively. And this girl commented on the video, and her comment was something along the lines of, I can't believe that you're trying to spin this off as an actual profession. This is such a crock. You get women to spend money with you, only then to tell them to stop spending money. And I just found this comment to be really funny because, of course, that's not what I do. And I know that's not what I do. But it really did get my wheels turning on. Okay, really at the core of it, what is it that I really do? What is it that I really work on the most with my amazing community of women? And it really boiled down to this message of sufficiency. And it reminded me of this concept that is called the fulfillment curve, which is a concept and a visual that I absolutely love. And I'm going to share it with you right now. I'm going to do my absolute best to verbally explain to you the fulfillment curve. If you're in front of a computer or you're on your phone right now and you're able to, you can also Google this. Just go to Google and Google the fulfillment curve and then after that, type in your money or your life, because that's the book that it comes from. And this is where I first learned of the concept. It's a money called Your Money or Your Life. It's a very popular personal finance book. It's by Joe Dominguez, Vicki Robin, and it's truly one of my favorite concepts. If you're not able to look at it visually right now, like I said, I'm going to do my absolute best to explain it to you. So I want you to imagine a chart with money spent across the x-axis, which is the horizontal part of the chart, and fulfillment on the y-axis, okay, the vertical part of the chart. And the line that's charted looks like a hill, okay, or it looks like a roller coaster, like it goes up kind of steeply and then it goes down kind of steeply. Another visual, if you're a visual person, it looks like the St. Louis Arch, right? It goes up to a certain point and then it comes back down. Now, on the left side of the arc, the line is going up. So what it is showing is that as you're spending more money, your level of fulfillment is increasing. And as you're working up that left side of the arc, okay, so that's the part of the arc where you're spending more, but also your fulfillment is going up. As you're going up that side, you're first going to hit your needs, then you're going to hit your wants, and then you're also going to have some luxuries in there. But then you're going to get to the top of the arch. So you have gone as high as you can. It's kind of like reaching the peak of the roller coaster, that part where you've gone all the way up and now it's time to go back down. So then you have the right side of the arch. So you have the peak and then you have the right side. And the right side is where your spending is increasing, but your level of fulfillment is actually going down. It's decreasing. It's depreciating. So you're continuing to spend more and more and more, but your level of happiness and fulfillment just gets lower and lower and lower until eventually you reach a point of zero fulfillment. You get back down to the bottom of the chart. Now, what's on the right side of that curve, the part that is trending downward, is excess, clutter, and junk. It's the stuff that you buy that you wish that you didn't. The stuff that after a while, you'd rather have your money back than have the item, the service, or the experience. It's the money you spend where the value exchange isn't met, which means that the money that you spent is actually more valuable than the thing to you. It's the stuff that you buy impulsively. It's the spending that you do just trying to chase a dopamine hit. It's really not even about the thing that you're buying, but more so about you just trying to change and manipulate your emotional state to feel differently or to feel better than you do in this moment. So in the book, this is what they say about that right side of the fulfillment curve, which again represents clutter, excess, junk. They say clutter is anything that is an excess for you. It's whatever you have that doesn't serve you yet takes up space in your world. And I love that definition of clutter. It's whatever you have that doesn't serve you, yet it takes up space in your world. It takes up physical space. It takes up emotional space. It takes up mental space. So really, what the fulfillment curve tells us is that there is a law of diminishing returns when it comes to our spending. Now, the law of diminishing returns, in case you don't know what that means, which is totally fine if you don't, but the law of diminishing returns tells us that the benefits gained from something will represent a proportionally smaller gain the more money or energy that is invested in it. So the benefits gained from something essentially will start to decrease the more money and energy we invest into it. So really what it's saying is that there will come a point where more spending does not lead to more happiness or to more fulfillment, but it actually does the exact opposite. Now, there is one more very important thing to point out about the fulfillment curve. In fact, it is probably the most important part of this entire concept, which is this. It's that the very top of the fulfillment curve, the point where you cannot go any higher, that is actually the point where any more spending that historically has led to happiness and fulfillment switches to the opposite and it starts to go down. That very tippy top of the curve is the point of enough. It's sufficiency. So in the book, again, it says this. It says, at the peak of the fulfillment curve, we have enough. Enough necessities for our survival, enough niceties for our comforts and pleasures, and even enough little luxuries. We have everything we need. There's nothing extra to weigh us down to distract us or distress us. Enough is a fearless place, a trusting place, an honest and self-observant place. It's appreciating and fully enjoying what money brings into your life that you already have. Now, I want to come back to the girl who left this comment. I'm sure she's not listening to the podcast (laughs) because I think she saw my video and thought this girl is a quack. But why did I even tell you about her and her comment in the first place? So again, Like I said, this girl was like, I can't believe that you call this a profession. All you do is get women to spend money with you, ultimately then to just tell them to stop spending money. And like I said, of course I realize that's not really what I do, right? I have never, ever, ever told a client to stop spending money on something, ever, not once, and I won't. But what my life's work is in this materialistic consumer culture that we live in that is making so many of us unhappy and unfulfilled is to help women realize their version of sufficiency and enoughness with their spending. And it's important to note that there is no one size fits all. It looks different for each individual, but my mission is to coach each person, to help them and to guide them up that fulfillment curve so that they are spending money on their needs and wants, and yes, luxuries that are important and valuable to them. But then just as importantly, getting them to realize once they have reached the point of sufficiency and enough to help them see that there is no reason to go any further and that they shouldn't go any further because we are all sold this lie with consumer culture that more is better, more will make you happier, but it doesn't. It does the opposite. It makes you less happy, less fulfilled. It is roaring down that right side of the fulfillment curve, feeling confused and empty and dissatisfied because we're like, I keep spending money and I keep buying all of these things, but none of it's making me any happier or more fulfilled. And that's because it's just junk. It's clutter. It's excess. It's not needed. Like I said, it's taking up space and energy in your world that you don't need there. If I could talk to this girl and really tell her what I do as a spending coach, it would be this I would tell her, I help women maximize their levels of life happiness and fulfillment through their spending habits, which of course, yes, includes spending money and buying things that add value into your life, but it's all based on your unique goals, personality, priorities. But it's also realizing that at the same time, more spending and more acquiring and getting more junk and stuff does not mean a better, happier, and more fulfilled life. It creates the opposite. And my goal is to help you reach your point of enoughness and then to do the inner work that is required because it does require inner work, not to get sucked down that other side of the fulfillment curve so that you can stay on the peak of your curve and not start to get sucked down the other side. Here is what I need you to hear this week there comes a point where having more than we need becomes a burden. It does. We are overstuffed. We are gorged with excess and clutter. It weighs us down. It becomes a heavy burden for us to carry. However, each of us though, through our relationship with money and ourselves and life can reclaim this territory of enough. We all have the opportunity to rediscover fulfillment and satisfaction. One example that I've heard before that I love is the law of enough. And the law of enough is the law that fundamentally governs the earth and all of nature. This is actually a concept that I learned about from The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. Lynn Twist is not the person that made up the law of enough. She just explains it in her book, but I'm going to read it to you. So in the book, she is quoting a woman named Dana Meadows, who is an environmentalist. And she says this, she says, in nature, we have just so much and no more, just so much soil, just so much water. Just so much sunshine. Everything born of the earth grows to its appropriate size and then stops. The planet does not get bigger, it gets better. Its creatures learn, mature, diversify, evolve, create amazing beauty and novelty and complexity, but live within their absolute limits. I love this theory so much because what it is saying is that the world that we live in produces exactly what it needs, not only to just get by, but to thrive but then it reaches that point of enoughness and sufficiency, and it stops. It doesn't go any further than that. It doesn't create anything in excess that isn't needed. And we have the option to do that with our money. We can spend our money in a way that, like nature, is free and beautiful and thriving, but it's also spending money in a way that's controlled, intentional, and purposeful. Now, again, one of the best places to start? is with awareness and appreciation of the things that you already have and that already belong to you. It's the money that you already have and the things that you've already purchased with that money. And evaluating those past decisions and doing some reflection to think about, okay, was that spending that increased my happiness and fulfillment or did it decrease it? Was it before the point of enough or was it past the point of enough? Did it serve a valued purpose in my life, or was it just excess and clutter? Really giving intentional thought to those things, identifying those purchases, because that will guide you and inform future purchasing decisions that you make. But it is also remembering that in this moment, you have everything you need. Right now, I promise you to be the happiest and the most fulfilled version of yourself. I know some of you don't believe me, but I am telling you, it is true. We all have to get out of this more, more, more energy. And when we can do that, we can bring ourselves back into the present moment and we can see that all of the resources that we already have are deeper and richer than we give them credit for. So another passage for you from The Soul of Money, because I'm telling you, this book is just gold. She says, in our relationship with money we can continue to earn, save, invest, and provide for ourselves and for our families. But we reframe the relationship with a new recognition of, an appreciation for what we already have. In that new way of seeing, the flow of resources in our lives, rather than being something that is constantly escaping our grasp or diminishing, instead becomes a flood of nourishment and something that we have the privilege of being trustees of for the moment. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to read that last part one more time. Rather than being something that is constantly escaping our grasp or diminishing, instead becomes a flood of nourishment and something we have the privilege of being trustees of for the moment. So like I said, being on TikTok, I have discovered all of these new amazing TikTok accounts. There's TikTok accounts that just make super funny content, but I've also noticed. This new genre of accounts that I'm really loving, they're kind of like these feel-good accounts. There's one account that I found, and I'm so sorry, I don't know the name of the handle. It's a really popular account, so some of you might already follow this account. I just know it pops up a lot on my feed. But every single video on this account is a guy going up to random people all over the place. And in every single video, the video starts out by him asking the person that he's interviewing one simple question. And the one question that he asks people is, are you happy? And in all of the videos, every single person says, yeah, I am. I'm happy. And then he asks them a follow-up question to that. He says, okay, what is the source of your happiness then? And there is a constant theme across all of the answers that all of these people give. They all answer by saying something along the lines of, I have everything I need. I don't want for anything. I'm content. I have a beautiful family, I'm able to work, I have food to eat, I have a roof over my head, there's nothing more that I need. They're not talking about some future state or some future thing that they're working towards or trying to achieve. They all say that the source of their happiness lies in what they already have. Now, listen, please hear me. I am not saying that you shouldn't want things or desire things, okay? Not at all. Like I always say, that's why we're here as humans is to grow and evolve and expand. And the things that we want and desire are actually really good indicators of that growth and evolvement that we should pursue. But I also think that so many of us want in the wrong way, right? We want in ways that cause us a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. There can be a lot of pain in wanting something because it is a reminder that there's something out there that you want that you don't currently have. But I also think that wanting things becomes painful only when we think that the thing that we want is the ticket to being happier than we are now. I mean, of course, if you don't have something and you think that the getting of it will be the ticket to your happiness, then the wanting of it will be very painful and uncomfortable because you're thinking that you don't have this thing that you need to change your life And that is what sends us into scarcity and this graspy energy to get our hands onto something because again, we're convinced that it's the ticket to feeling better. And we do this so much, so much with money and so much with the stuff that money can buy us. But there is a big difference between wanting something because you think it's the answer to all of your problems, being on that depreciating side of the fulfillment curve and wanting and desiring something in a clean way, in a way where you feel inspired to acquire it, to achieve it, to create it. But at the foundation of it all, it is rooted in enoughness and sufficiency. Sufficiency that A, and this one's important, that A, you are already enough without the thing or the accomplishment or the title or the achievement. Okay, rooted in that you are enough and rooted in B. In this very moment, you already have enough right now, which means that your future happiness and fulfillment is never, ever at the mercy of the acquisition of more stuff or more money or more titles or more accomplishments. Even if it is something that you want or desire, you can want things and still work to achieve them. But also while doing that, have the self-awareness and have the self-recognition that it's just the cherry on top, right? It's just this concept that appreciation leads to appreciation, that the appreciation of what you currently have leads to the appreciation of so many other things. Appreciation of what you have leads to appreciation of happiness, leads to appreciation of your net worth also. Because remember last week how I told you the secret to creating more money is appreciating, loving, being happy with what you already have. That is how you tell the universe that you are ready and open to being trusted with more of that resource. I want to just put an alternative viewpoint out there, okay, that counters every message of scarcity and not enoughness that we receive constantly every second of every day from the media and advertising and social media. And that is a message of sufficiency and enoughness. That the secret to actually getting more of whatever it is that you desire, of getting to a headspace and an energy where you can be trusted with more, is to treasure and thoughtfully steward what already belongs to you. It is knowing that there is no net worth or no bank account balance to be chasing because sufficiency isn't an amount. It's a context. It's a knowing that you are enough and that you currently have enough and that there is more than enough out there waiting to be claimed. I want to reframe the message that the goal is not to spend as little money as possible and to cut, 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 and to live in a state of fear and that it's all going to dry up, but instead live in a realization that we all can express our relationship with money through the way that we spend it, in a way that expresses our integrity, Lynn Twist, one of my favorite lines in The Soul of Money is that she says we can spend money and we can use it in a way that expresses value rather than determines value. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Spending money in a way that expresses value rather than determines your value. I want to communicate the idea that sufficiency is not a message about cutting back, And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive or that we shouldn't aspire for things, but it's actually an act of making known to ourselves the power of our existing resources and the power of our already existing inner wealth. To wrap up this episode, let me answer a question that I think a lot of you might be thinking, which is, okay, got it. The fulfillment curve, we want to be on the top of that fulfillment curve with our spending. We spend up into a certain point, but then there is a point with diminishing returns that we really don't want to be going past. But practically, in average everyday life, how do I do this? How do I spend money in a way where I'm on that left side of the fulfillment curve, which is the side that increases happiness and fulfillment, rather on the right side that decreases it? And my suggestion to you for that is to go back and listen to episode 49 of the podcast the episode that is titled How to Become a Good Spender, because if you follow those five principles that we go through in detail in that episode, you will be doing spending that is on the left side of that fulfillment curve, the appreciating side. You will be doing spending that moves you closer and closer to your unique point of sufficiency and enoughness rather than spending that moves you farther away from it. I do encourage you to go back and listen to that episode and really dive into it and take notes. But here is just a very quick recap. It looks like planning your spending in advance so that the spending that you're doing is coming from your prefrontal power, the part of your brain that has your best interest in the future in mind. It's the spending that is planned and purposeful rather than impulsive and destructive. You have a priority for your money right? So you're not bouncing all around that fulfillment curve and spending money on things out of order in a sense, but instead what you're doing is you're moving up the fulfillment curve in order, which means that you cover your needs first, then you pay yourself, then after that you can invest in your wants and more luxury items that still bring value to your life, but nothing is spent at the expense of something else that is more important and that should be taking a higher priority. It also looks like, Spending money on things where the value exchange is there. Remember, where the value of the item, service, or experience exceeds the value of the money that you exchanged for it. You're also tracking your spending so that you have a deep level of intimacy with your money. You're checking in with it consistently. And through that process, you develop a deep appreciation for what you already have. Because the appreciation comes from being super connected with the money, with the spending, and also having a very strong awareness of it. And if you can implement these practices, then you can achieve that point of enoughness and sufficiency with your spending. I know you can, and that's what I'm here for. I am here to help you implement that so that you move your way up the curve to your point of enoughness, but then, just as importantly, like I said, doing the inner work so that you are not sucked down that right side of the curve where the junk And the excess and the clutter live and they will eat you up. All right, I wanna end with one final passage from The Soul of Money. And P.S., this book could possibly be the most quoted book on this podcast. If you want a book that will transform the way that you think about the way that you spend money, this is the book to read. And I really hope that you do read it. Again, it's called The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. I know I've given you guys a lot of book recommendations lately, but this is absolutely one that you have to add to your list. So she says this, true abundance does exist. It flows, though, from sufficiency in an experience of the beauty and wholeness of what is. Abundance is a fact of nature. It's a fundamental law of nature that there is enough and it is finite. Its finiteness is no threat, though. It creates a more accurate relationship that commands respect, reverence, and managing those resources with the knowledge that they are precious and in ways that do the most good for the most people. It teaches us how to be stewards of money rather than gatherers of money. It teaches us how to bring quality and intelligence to our use of financial resources in ways that reflect our inner wealth rather than the flamboyant display of the accumulation of outer riches. When we let go of trying to get more of what we don't really need, we free up an enormous amount of energy that has been tied up in the chase. We can refocus and reallocate that energy and attention towards appreciating what we already have. What's already there and making a difference with that. When you make a difference with what you have, it expands. I'll read that last sentence one more time. When you make a difference with what you already have, it expands. So, this week, I want you to hear from me that you are enough you are. That is a big part of sufficiency and enoughness is just knowing that each one of us is already enough. It's also knowing that we have enough right in this moment, even if it doesn't feel like you do. And Guys, this is why I was saying at the beginning of the episode, this is one of the most important yet challenging concepts to master because I understand how difficult it can be to look around your life and automatically just go to all of the things that are missing, all of the things that you wish that you have that you don't get. Again, it's the wanting that causes the pain and the suffering. But remember that the wanting is only so painful because you think that in the getting of the thing, in the increase of the net worth, in the paying off of the debt, that your life is going to be so much better than it is right now. And I always teach you guys the 50-50 concept. The 50-50 concept never goes away, regardless of the circumstances. You have enough in this moment. You have what you need to purposefully choose happiness, fulfillment, sufficiency today. And also I want you to know that there is still enough out there for you. Being a human is growing and expanding and evolvement, which of course that means We will go out and we will achieve new things that will bring more money and resources our way. And it's also knowing that there is still enough out there for all of your future needs and all of your biggest desires to be met, not only met, but exceeded. I believe to my core that this is true for all of us. I'm gonna end by giving you some homework to do, okay? And again, I hope you do it. Like I always say, there's the passive learning and then there's the actively applying. I gave you this exercise to do in episode 12 in the overcoming scarcity episode, but that was basically a year ago at this point. So, in case you forgot about it or you just haven't listened to that episode, a great place to start with getting yourself into a mindset of enoughness and sufficiency is doing the exercise of wanting what you already have. What this looks like is sitting down with a piece of paper and writing out one through 25. And then I'm going to ask you the question, what do you want? What do you want? What are some things that you want? And they don't even have to be physical items. They can be. They can be services, they can be experiences, or they can be accomplishments or things that you want to achieve. Now, when I ask you that question, what do you want? Your brain is going to go to writing down 25 things that you want, but that you don't already possess that you don't have yet. But this is an exercise of wanting what you already have. So you're going to have one through 25, and I want you to go and I want you to write 25 things that at one point you really wanted, and now you have them. I gave these examples in episode 12, but for me, I wrote down my marriage. I wanted to be married. Now I am married. I wrote down my puppies. I wanted to have a dog. Now I have two of them. I wanted to become a certified life coach. Now I am a certified life coach. I wanted to have a computer to record these podcasts on. Now I have a computer. It's giving time and intentional thought and deliberation to realizing all of the things that at one point you really wanted and now you actually have them. Do it for 25 things and do it consistently. Wanting what you already have will be a game changer and will really set a positive and grateful foundation for you to get to this point of enoughness and sufficiency. That's your homework for this week. Let me know if you do it. I love you all so very much. Have an amazing week. I will be posting lots of content on Instagram and on TikTok. So again, my handle on Instagram, in case you don't follow me there, it's just my name. It's Paige L. Pritchard. Paige is with an I, and then Pritchard is spelled P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D. And then over on TikTok, my handle is The Impulse Buying Coach. All right, you guys. Love you all so much. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I wanna invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the Self-Paced Online Program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket, you will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.